Combo Nation. First and foremost, big thanks to everyone who sent birthday shout outs my way on social media and everywhere else. I greatly appreciate it. Appreciate the continued support. Combo Nation, we are out here. Combo Nation, what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 188 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Go rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. That's right. Pause this episode. Go rate, review, subscribe, then unpause it and get right back to it because we have a great one for you. Today's show, friend of the show, friend of mine, Miami Heat shooting coach Rob Folder joins in. A great conversation with Rob. He gives us some firsthand insight when it comes to the NBA bubble and much, much more. A great conversation with Rob. Can't wait for you all to hear it. You could find Rob on Instagram at the shooting guy. You know you could find me on Instagram at 12combo. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Rob Folder, welcome back to Combo's Court, man. How are you feeling today? I'm doing great, one, two. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, always I- good to see you, brother, man. I, I, I always get excited when I get to see you. Yeah, man. It's good. It's good. We talk a lot on the phone, but we don't get the video version, man. We don't, we don't get it in right? all the time on the phone. I get, to, on the- I get to see you, though. I get to see you doing uh, kettlebell swings and, and pull-ups on uh, street lamps and traffic signs. I love that. How's life in the bubble, man? Life in the bubble is, you know, it's funny. When we first got here, everybody was, I don't know. The, there were groups of people that were having a hard time handling the bubble. They had to find something to complain. You know, some people are just not happy unless they're complaining about something. But I, to be honest, it's, um, it's pretty cool. Um, the only thing missing for everyone, obviously, is their families. Um, I fly solo, so my family's here. My, I consider I'm one of the few that actually does consider my my uh, teammates and coaches um, family. So that part for me is has been great. It's uh, I'm around the people that I would choose to be around at home anyway, um, and we're you know it's the life's very simple. You know you have a you have something that you need to accomplish every day, and you basically get up and you go do it. And the team, our team is, is, is focused on what we're trying to do. Um, but there's a lot of cool parts to it. You know, you, yes, we do, we do our work, but the gym time is limited based on, because of the rules of the bubble and uh, because of the virus situation. So you have a block of time that you get the gym to practice and it rotates. So, so if, it, if an individual guy wants to get shots up, he can't? Uh, not, you, not that you can't, you can do it during your practice time, but your teams, you know, cause teams, 
teams don't practice like we do. We actually practice and we go <laughs> and we get, we are getting a lot of work done every day. We do our player development every day. And um, so what we'll do is our block of time, say if we have a one o'clock practice, okay, we'll do our, do our meetings, do our prep, and then we'll go practice and we'll get our practice done. And, but the way that it works is sometimes, you know, at home, if you're hanging around there, something extra you got to get done or there's player development afterwards or guys want to stay in the gym, you just hang around and you stay. You can be there for two hours after practice. Here, when you're done with practice and it's your time, like if your practice ends at three, it ends at three. It's everybody out because they're cleaning the gym, getting ready for the next group coming in. You know, it's all sanit. You know, they're sanitizing everything and making sure everybody's as safe as they can make it. You know? Yeah, in Miami, like if a guy wants to get shots up at midnight, he probably could, and that's not the case where. Yeah, you're I mean, because right. we've got fingerprints and we've got all that stuff in in our building. You know, you have access twenty four hours a day. Um, here, though, so when we do have practice time, and then there are optional shooting times. Okay. Our guys, <laughs> so that's generally at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. for X amount of time. It might be an hour, it might be two hours, depends on what's going on. But um, our <laughs> we have more guys than everybody else, let's put it that way. Yeah, fanless games, it's crazy, it's something new. How do you think it affected gameplay in general, Rob? Uh, it does take some getting used to. The, I think the hard thing, so people, people have asked about this, but the, I think the hardest thing about it is momentum swings. You know, if you've got to do a really good job of having a close-knit group that's going to provide enthusiasm for each other. You know, you really do have to go out and celebrate each other's success. If you're just going through the motions trying to get a win and you get down 15 with no crowd, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tough deal. You know, you got to find something from within and there's not a lot of people trying to lift you. You know the deal. You played, I played. When you're, when you're making a run on somebody on their home court and you're up 12, you're up 15, their crowd digs in and lifts as much as it. And, you're, and the other, they get lifted. Uh, but it's not like that here. They're, they're doing an interesting thing. Like I'm sure you've seen some of the games. Definitely. Whoever the home team is, they – kind of pipe in a zoom crowd it's so it's so funny man i saw little wayne tonight was on there (laughs) (laughs) i can't imagine who they've got in that zoom crowd i saw i happen because i don't watch that very much i'm I'm very into the game but i happen to stop we're waiting for the stat sheet because you get a stat sheet every time i'm out so i'm waiting for the stat sheet i happen to glance up at the board and there's some guy chewing on a pizza and the funny thing is is so the one board that you have, it's like split. So it's the same crowd on the left side or the right side. So the same guy beats on both sides of the screen, and it's on every other board around the gym. Oh, so it's multiple of the same fans pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's, it's interesting. I don't know how they get those. I, I, I'm sure they have them at home or pick them out somehow. I don't know. But, that's, I mean, it's beyond us. We have business. We have games, and we've got a plan for it. We've got to go in and try to figure out a way to get a win. Is the fan noise piped in inside, or is it just the TV listeners? It, it, it's from no, no. We hear it too. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Does it sound authentic to you, or? Uh, you know, it's just something that you've gotten used to. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I hate the I hate the whole idea of uh, this is the new normal because it's not normal. It's just it's new. not. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the new reality, new temporary reality, I would say. A lot of golfing, a lot of fishing. I heard they're putting extra fish in the water. Is that true? <laughs> I, I'm sure people <laughs> think there is when I go fishing, but uh, no, I actually, so I, I'm a, you know me, I'm a scientist of everything that I do. So right. I've been studying how to fish and I've been fishing since I was two years old. I used to build fishing rods and, and I'm, you know, I'm not going out there guessing. So I'm an actual fisherman and I've been, you know, fortunate enough to fish lots of different species all over the world. So um, here when you're bass fishing in Florida, I watch the water. I watch and see where, you know, see what they're feeding on, see what, you know, what cover is where and et cetera, et cetera. So, but one of the mornings I was out fishing and there's out of nowhere, there's a, this is a little lake, right? It's in the middle of Disney world. Yeah. It's just the hotel lake, right? I can, you know, I can probably hit a driver and a pitching wedge across it. And um, so there's a boat coming on in the, as I'm fishing near sunrise. So I watch this boat come on and these two guys come around and they, and they pull out, there's a little, like a restaurant on the, on the center built island of this lake. And that's where I was fishing. So this boat comes in, goes underneath this little bridge, comes around the restaurant, comes around the other side. So I walk around the building and I figured I might as well talk to these guys. So I walked over and the, it's two guys in the boat and they're taking water samples for clarity and what, that kind of thing. And I asked them, I said, so you guys are the ones that know where all the fish are. And they happened to be involved with fish and game for that, for Walt Disney World. They said, yeah, we haven't, uh, we haven't done anything in, this, in these lakes for four or five years, haven't stocked. And so the fish that are in there have been in there on their own for a long time. How's the swing looking? I need to golf with you one day. I never, you know, I never really got too into golf. We have to get out there, Rob. We golf is a, yeah, golf is the, golf's the big thing around, around the bubble. Every, okay. There's a lot of people golf. Since I've been here, I've, I've had the fortunate experience of ordering two brand new sets of clubs for two guys that wanted to start playing. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I have a friend that uh, owns a golf shop in Miami who is absolutely terrific. And I called him up and I said, hey, here are my guys. And, you know, so we found a great, like almost brand new used set of clubs that they put together. And, and so he put the whole thing together and shipped them up. Guy had it the next day. We've got another set of clubs coming in tomorrow for two guys on our team that that just started. So they're excited about playing. Uh, I'm the local teacher. <laughs> I've been out working with everybody that on our team, and and uh, I, I've gotten to play with uh, with some guys. I go out and play with Andre, and and uh, yeah, I heard he's a big golfer. He is. Yeah, he yeah. Is, he loves playing golf. Um, and uh, he plays he plays as much as he can. Kyle Lowry probably plays as much as anybody in the bubble. Oh really? Okay. He's a good he's really a lot of fun. Um but uh yeah, I used to I used to play for, you know, play for real. So um today was the first day I got to go back out and play since my since my hand thing I told you about. And um I was able to warm up for a while and and I went out and ended up playing, you know, playing a pretty good round of golf today rob you are the shooting coach uh for the heat just i don't know if you looked at the analytics or not but how do you think the bubble the current way the game is played in this weird you know new normal as you would say like how does it affect shooting from your eye test and if you looked at analytics just how does it affect shooting you think well you know i don't i, I think the biggest thing that affects shooting is the fact that we were off for four months right <laughs> but, but 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 Jimmy bought everybody a basketball hoop, so you guys are good, man. 
Yeah. And, and sitting outside <laughs> in your driveway is just like playing in the NBA, right? <laughs> you know, the hard thing is, is to try and – we're trying to win a title. And you're, you're trying to get ready in an incredibly short amount of time to finish this at the absolute highest level in the most competitive circumstances you can put together in the NBA playoffs and also make it, I mean, I know people on the outside are going to kind of dismiss the whole NBA title of this season. You know, inside basketball people know how hard this may be the hardest one ever to win because you've got so many, so many challenges. I mean, people look, we're in a bubble. You're not going anywhere. You are here with who you are here with. And if you can't, like some people just, you know how, you know how players are. It's some people just can't handle things that they don't want. You know, if you can't be present, it's hard to play these games. It really is. Like our guys are, our guys are here. They're, they're present. They're, they're, we're in it. We got, we got this little catchphrase. We're in it. We're in it. I'm well, here. I- yeah, I could tell because the biggest thing that has suffered to me has been team defense, and it doesn't seem like Miami has struggled with that as much as other teams. We've actually raised our level defensively, you know, as far as a focus. But yeah, you know, the tough thing is, is there's a lot of rust on people, um, and there's people waiting, thinking, okay, we're going to get going during the playoffs. But you've got to – it's basically training camp. Preseason, playoffs. No, yeah, it. and you're gonna go try to win a world championship. Yeah, are you um, surprised by how good a shape guys came back in? Um, no, I mean that it, it, it's tough because you know, looking fit and being in, in shape are two oh, yeah. incredibly different things. Yeah, it's funny because sometimes the guys with. With the beach muscles, they uh they can get yeah. pushed around easily. But the, yeah, then you got the lanky, strong run, guys who yeah can't you know, run a leg. They run three yeah. times on the court, can't catch a breath. It's tough. And you know, how many people actually go out training where you sprint, shuffle, and jump for your whole training session? Because that's what you're doing when you're going playing. You're shuffling and you're getting hit from all kinds of different angles, and then start adding the the ability to communicate and receive communication at high speed. Remember all your calls defensively. It's, it's twice as hard as it is offensively, you know, cause you're the reactor. So it's, yeah, it, it's, it really is challenging, you know, and it's, it's, there's going to be a high level champion that comes out of it. And, yeah. You know, it's uh, God bless the team that can pull it off. You know. We've we we see small ball with the Rockets, but we also see uh you know big ball with uh we saw Nuggets that first game. They started like a crazy <laughs> lineup, right? Well, it's it's funny. One of my friends, uh, so I was talking to one of my friends on the Nuggets staff. He says, you know, Rob, the game we played against you guys, which was the first seeding game, was yeah. the first time in four months that they had a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center on the court at the same time. Yeah, well, they they've suffered with with Their injuries. Team was hit probably hardest by by COVID, and then they've had a couple injuries. So in the first preseason game, I guess they rolled out 
basically five centers, one of them or four centers and a perimeter, and one of them happened to play point guard because that's what Jokic does. But you know, they had Bull Bull out there and Plumlee, and <laughs> I can't remember who the other one was. Millsap and uh, and Jokic. Those are their four guys, and they had uh, one perimeter. I feel like the NBA has turned into youth basketball. Uh, stay with me here, in the sense that you just give your best basketball player the ball and let him play point guard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you you talk about the three most unique talents offensively in the in the NBA. Um, you know, James Harden's always going to be one of the conversation. Luka Doncic, who's a huge walking triple double. And then the third guy is Jokic. Jokic is a Jokic is as good a passer as there's that's that's ever played the game. And here he is, you know, six ten, six eleven, and he's playing point guard for him. You know, so. Well, KD too is. KD's an offensive. He's a but offensively talented in every aspect makes other people better. Yeah. I see what you're saying with that. Yeah. yeah it's just a, just a whole understanding of the game and how to make everybody. I call it the Jason kid effect. Yeah. No, that's good. Steve Nash. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. Like when, when Nash was MVP, he was two time MVP. Funny thing. When he left Dallas, Dallas was the number one team in the NBA in shooting percentage assist assist to turnover and three-point percentage and when he left and went to phoenix <laughs> guess who was that same same four categories it was phoenix when he was there and he won two mvps and very easily could have won another one you know that guy he was but he was that he was an interesting unique talent because he was as good a shooter as there ever was um i think he's the only he's the only multiple 50 40 90 guy and uh wait are, are Dirk and KD up there Dirk and, and KD. Bird and Bird maybe Bird was a 50 40 90 guy Dirk and KD um yeah that's about it right who else has done it I want to say Kyle Korver did it Myers Leonard actually did it but didn't have enough attempts how about how about Steph uh and Steph did it yeah yeah but Steve Nash done it three times and missed it by point oh two two other times larry yeah. was the highest scoring 50 40 90 guy and then it was then it was dirk and then kd and you know i mean because larry was doing it like that i think it was the 1986 celtics where were you where were you playing in 1986 um i was hurt but i had i had a deal to play first division in france okay I lost a couple because I broke a bone in my hand at the wrong time. You know, back in those days, if you couldn't, if you couldn't show up healthy, you, it just nulled your contract. Like, yeah, you, or, yeah. You know, they, they try to null your contract for reasons less than that. Yeah, depending on where you go. But nowadays, if you're, you know, if you're playing first division somewhere, and you're, they'll bring you over and rehab you and get you right. Def yeah, it's definitely more professional over there now than it used to be. Yeah, yeah it was, it was uh, tougher days. Yeah, do you feel the uh, bubble style benefits the younger guys or the older teams or the younger teams or the older teams? Or how do you look at it like that? Because there's debate over that. Because, you know, guys, we're playing games every other day now, right? So one could think that the younger guys could recover easier. But, you know, what are your thoughts yeah, on that? You can say the older guys know how to do it. They've been doing it. Yeah. 
lens in. It depends on what kind of physical condition you were in. What's the uh, average age of the heat? Is, the, is, it, is it on the lower end or the higher end? Um, if you take out Udonis, it's probably on the, probably <laughs> on the lower end. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of good young players. It's funny. Like, I feel like you and Denver are both teams with a lot of young talent that are trying to win right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think we, we, in, our, in our top nine guys, let's see, Tyler is 20. Kendrick is a rookie. Duncan's basically a rookie. Bam is 22 or three. Derek Jones is 23. Um, that's five of them. What do you attribute uh, Duncan's improvement to? Like, he's improving at a rapid pace, it feels he like. Is, he's, he has he's, – he's incredibly determined, and he's gone through some phases. He's um, gone through some phases with us. We trained him very differently than most people are trained. You know, you okay. know some of, some of the methods that I, that I created anyway. He's, he, does, he practices all of them. And then a lot of the ones that nobody knows about, we, we had to put him through an absolute torture chamber for him to understand what was going to happen up here. You know, and it's, it was two years in the making. Um, I think uh, like one of the ways that, uh, actually the, the reason that uh, Mike Dunn and I became friends. So Mike we in, Dunn. Yeah, Mike Dunn, the, the shoot, he's, that's our guy, man. Yeah, so that's my guy. I was, uh, so I was on Sacramento and I had, uh, we were in New York and I had just gone to Duncan's G League game. And as the game's going on, you know, Duncan's making a couple shots and all that kind of stuff. He's shooting open ones. As the game's going on, this is a hotly contested game and our G League team only has seven guys, seven guys dressed. Really? And Guys are nicked up. Somebody got called up. They got nobody left. It's seven guys. Okay. And so these, whoever's out there, you've got to play and you got to compete. So there's a, there's a loose ball that you've got to come up with. And Duncan didn't really even make a move for it. And that pissed me off. And then later in the game, in an even bigger situation, there's a ball right in front of him that you've got to go put your nose on. And he didn't, he didn't get on the floor. It's like, okay. <laughs> so we're in Sacramento two days later because he, he came up back with the big team and we're warming up before the Sacramento game. Unbeknownst to me, somebody from the Sacramento News is filming this workout. Now, I've got to get Duncan to be, I've got to give him a chance. We've got to give him a chance to be an NBA player. In order to do that, you've got to be able to play the whole game, you know? There's a lot of parts of the game, as you know. So I said, all right, Dunk, well, if you're not ever going to dive on the floor, well, you're going to dive on the floor now. <laughs> so I, I, the drill I had him, I said, I had him sitting on the floor facing the stanchion. I was behind him up at the top of the key. And I would take the ball and I would roll it. And he had to sit there and kind of hear and feel where the ball was. And as soon as he figured it out, he had to go dive and slap it to me Pick, and I'd pick it up, and he had to sprint to the closest corner or wherever, and I'd put the ball on him, and he had to shoot it. Okay, So he had to dive for the loose ball, smack it to me, and boom, get the shot off. Right, Game-winning type play. So he's doing this diving all over the floor, and the ball's going out of bounds, and he's missing shots. I'm going, that's not a sprint. 
sit the, yeah, I said, get down there, smack on the floor and slap that thing and sprint. So anyway, this is on film and a guy from Sacramento news, um, his name's Leo. Uh, you probably know him from uh, cowbell kingdom is his, uh, Instagram handle. Okay. And so Leo posts this thing and Mike Dunn sees this drill that I'm doing with Duncan, making him dive on the floor. And I'm going through the most minute, ridiculous details with Duncan. Um, so Mike called me and that's how we became friends. But the point for Duncan was, these are the things that you're going to have to learn how to do. If you're not going to dive on the floor, you can't play up here. If you're not going to be able to take a charge or, or get in the fight, you can't play up here. And if you can't sprint at a hundred miles an hour and shoot the very first shot you're going to shoot in a game at full speed, then you can't play up here. So he had to go through this whole process and much to his credit, he just embraced it. And if, if you had seen the stuff that we put him through this torture chamber, it was, it was almost sadly comedic, but he battled through and every day got better and better and better and, and it's better. Pay, it's paying off for him. Yeah. And he's a, he's an absolute technician of the game now and everything that he's ever drilled on, he is the most uh, improved player from a player development program I've ever seen. He's a great finisher. He's a, great cutter his timing and cutting is uh, off the ball is terrific um got to get him to learn to be a little bit more patient in actions and nba game is 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 a little different it's not a race you know you got to figure stuff out changing speeds he's unafraid now that's what that's why our young guys are so good i mean our young guys are unafraid they believe is that is that is that jimmy's effect somewhat on everybody else uh, no, you know, Tyler Hero was that way anyway. Kendrick Nunn's that way. Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn's a South Side of Chicago guy. Tyler Hero was, you know, he, he believed in himself and Duncan's developed this belief. And, you know, Jimmy's, yeah. Jimmy helps. Yeah, no question. Because, you know, he's, he's pumping these guys and you guys need to be great. And he, and he gets the ball on them. And, you know, Jimmy's an unselfish, unselfish uh, star. It's, it's great. Rob, I seen uh, a couple of your guys on the Heat rolling the ball off their leg for the free throw. Can you explain that for our listeners? You know, they want to know, they want to know what's going on here. And does well, that come from you, Rob? Does that come from you? We want to know. <laughs> it's uh, well, yeah. I mean, one of the, the some of the principles that we talk about all the time is uh, uh, preparation and connection and sequence. Connection is it's about the geometry and physics of the game. So. Um, what we're trying to do is create that perfect geometric arc for flight. It's unattainable just because of the shape of me can't draw a perfect half arc, but the more you can, you can strive to create that with the ball, the more energy efficient you become and the more connected you are, um, the more efficient you become with the ball. So the idea is rather than, so if you can picture here's the basket and here's the player, the perfect, you know, in a perfect world, the ball would go from here like this into the basket, okay? At whatever trajectory you decide you want to shoot, it goes like that. Right. But what players actually do if the ball's over here is the ball sticks out here, they draw it back, and then they shoot it. So that's three moves you've got to make at high speed. And Does that have a lot to do with how close players keep the basketball to their body? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's what connection. We talk about three different parts of connection, your body to the floor, your body to your body, 
and the ball to your body. And the better, it creates leverage and, and yeah. you to transfer energy from your body into the ball. Makes life easier, if you will. Yeah, efficiency always does. I mean, think about a definition for efficiency. You're doing the least possible amount of work in the least amount of time. Yeah, what do you say to somebody that says, look at Reggie Miller, look at Kevin Martin, look at guys like that, and they still knock down shots? Like, what would you say to them? Okay, great. Is that what you want to teach? <laughs> no. Right? I mean, there's anomalies to everything. When they right, learn, right. They learned, Reggie learned, Reggie learned as a very small young player playing with a superstar as a relative. And he was holding the ball like this and he had to get off, he had to get off shots. And, you know, girls grow so much faster than boys. And he's oh, yeah. the best woman player on the planet when he was this big. And there was no mercy in that house, like playing against Kobe. She wasn't going to let him win. So he had to make up a whole bunch of stuff just to make it work. As he got bigger, his habits developed it from what he learned, that central programming generator, that brain imprint you know I've talked about before. He got that brain imprint on his body, and then he, he demanded that he made it work. So yeah. as a shooting coach, am I – trying to justify my own existence by saying, here's a guy who's a great shooter in every situation that we need him to shoot in, but he looks funny. Should I change it? I mean, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be very smart, would it? Certainly wouldn't have a job for very long. Nope. You have to have enough belief in yourself to tell somebody, hey, you're doing great. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, it, there's certain guys you wouldn't, you wouldn't have them. Peja Stojakovic was a great shooter and probably wouldn't teach people to shoot like he did. I don't think you really teach people to shoot like Steph. I mean, his shot is different. Well, he, it, it, his is different simply because of the way he holds the ball with his right wrist. But the motion wise, like he's as connected in one piece as anybody. Oh, he's definitely connected. Yeah. And the yeah. ball moves in one continue. Like he's quick prep, one motion. Yeah, one motion. Yeah. Super efficient. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what are your thoughts on one motion versus two motion? Um, you know, I, I think. I think what you're trying to do is, is I teach three completely different kinds of jump shots. Okay. And it's based on the nature of how you create space. Are you a, I've got to get this shot off quickly because I'm smaller, I'm handling the ball, I'm a stationary catch and shoot guy. If that's the case, then you're going to be one motion quick as you can shoot it. A la, yeah. a la Steph or... Like you know that. what I noticed when I played in Europe, Rob? That the point guards, some of the point guards would shoot a lot slower, but they would be so smart, they would just shoot it whenever they had space. You get it? Sure. Like, yeah. Our game's not like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. You're, you've got you know, you to be able to shoot in a lot of different situations and got to be able to shoot in traffic against shot clocks that's coming. And, and Ginobili and Rubio are like that a little bit. In yeah. a way, a little bit. Yeah, like they would, Ginobili especially, he would try to trick you. Yeah, like he, exactly. Like so quick and he'd pull the ball down, shot, fake you, and then draw the foul. Right, 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 right. Five left. <laughs> you know, he, he was going left. So, right. you know, it, it's, it, it just depends. Now, if you look at a different type of shooter, um, the scorer shooters, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, the LeBron yeah. teams, the guys who are jumping. Those guys are elevating. Exactly. That's a yeah. good shot. Now, those guys look like a two-motion shooter. 
but basically what they're doing is their own version of a one motion shot. Two motion is when the ball stops. And guys that stop the ball generally don't last very long up here. What you're seeing is like guys that uh, where, where some people would think like Ray Allen would be considered a two motion guy, but he, his ball never stopped moving. What he did was he loaded his hands late and he supposed to put the ball out away from him and drew it back. So it looked like the ball was moving around a lot, but you know, Ray was a champion and he was OCD and he made, you know, he had to, he had to shoot 500 shots every day. So he'd keep his timing right. You know, he was just great at it. Was he the hardest worker you ever seen? And if not, who was? When it comes to shooting and just basketball in, in its entirety, when you um, all your years with the Heat. Yeah, geez, I mean, it, he's a super hard worker, no question, but you're talking about a super hard worker in a organization of super hard workers. The cool yeah. thing, like the cool thing with, with uh, Ray is he wanted to be the first one in the gym. So we actually, they actually created what we call a Hall of Fame bus. So you know how going to the games now, there were, most teams have two buses and you bring in half the team, your training staff, get them set up and, um, and that kind of thing. And then, um, and then the second bus comes in with the vets and you go through your warm-ups and et cetera. <laughs> he wanted to be there three hours before the game or four. That's crazy. So he would, uh, you know, he wanted to come on an earlier bus. So he did. And Listen, champions are champions for a reason. They want to do things the way they want to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. They want to, you know, they're, they're those guys for a reason. I mean, is it? Is Wait, where, where, where was this? In Milwaukee, for Giannis. Giannis oh, they tried. He's they the tried. guy I've ever heard of. Really? Very, very unique. Yeah, very unique. He wants to be the best player. He doesn't want to be the best player in the world. He wants to be the best player ever. And he lives his life every day like that. I have a friend of, I have a friend of mine who's, who's very close with him. And uh, he's from Athens as well. And hadn't seen him in a while. They were in New York. And went to go and share dinner. And he hadn't seen him in a few years. Hey, great to see you. Blah, 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 blah. 930 comes around. He looks up at his watch. He goes, Stelly, it's 930. I got to go. I have a game tomorrow. Middle of dinner. He stands up, takes care of dinner for everybody. Great to see you. He leaves, goes home, goes to sleep because he's got a game. That's, now, called, that's called discipline. Yeah, that's discipline, dedication, and commitment. Now think about how many people would actually do that. How many people that you know, you've played sports with, that would do that? Even if they say it, they're going to do it or they think that in their head they're going to do it, they're going to like another 30 minutes. Yeah, another 30 yeah. Minutes. this guy looks at his watch, pats everybody in the Great you guys stands up and leaves. Yeah. Because that's how important it is to him. And when you're playing somebody like that and you don't value the game or you don't value that possession or you don't value that as much as he does, you're already at a disadvantage. Rob, great stuff, man. That's what what makes those guys special, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Those guys special makes guys like you. That's what makes you special. You're going to be the podcast king of the planet. That's what I'm working toward. I'm trying to be the, you know, whatever world. I do, I try and be the greatest world in the world. Domination. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm. I'm trying to take over the world. I mean, you know, I think when I, I think when I tell people that they, uh, they think I'm joking, but I'm actually serious. But I let them think that I'm joking. But you know, 
people I, can't understand crazy man it's like for us yeah yeah dedication is the lazy man's or the you know the what is it the obsession is the lazy man's word for dedication yes i'm definitely we're yeah. obsessed no we're just yeah so we are yeah rob you're always welcome back on the show man brother i'm i'm happy to be here i love being here with you and anytime anytime we can do it i'm in let's do it <laughs> thanks rob talk soon wait actually wait 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 this is the sure. most important thing not the most important thing but very important because we're working on taking your social media to the next level so oh. You always got to let the listeners know where they can find you on social right. media and you everywhere else. Walter I, would be mad if I didn't ask you this. Right. Walter would, he, you know, this Walter is would be upset you, with me. This is why you are the best at what you do. Yeah. Uh, yes, so, it, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, you guys can come find me at The Shooting Guy on Instagram. And uh, we have theshootingguy.com. And we're also doing a virtual series, a virtual coaches clinic on Zoom. Uh, that you can come join and go through my the entire uh, the entirety of my program, how I teach shooting, how I teach movement, how people have come to know me, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. So uh, Zoom clinics, uh, virtual, and go check out the shooting guy on Instagram, and uh, uh, and that's where you'll find us. Yeah. The shooting guy, everybody. The shooting guy. Go follow the shooting guy. Go follow the shooting guy. <laughs> Great stuff, Rob. Talk soon, man. All right, brother. Thanks. All right. There it is. Episode 188 of Combos Court is in the books. Big thanks to Rob for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, go rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. If you haven't already, tell a friend to tell a friend about the show and be on the lookout for episode 189 Combo out.